From the Fancy Lady Cowgirl headquarters, welcome to the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to everyone who embodies the cowgirl or cowboy spirit, regardless of what you wear or where you live. The guests on this show are a little fancy, a little ranchy, and they all have a kick-ass story to tell. I'm your host, Courtney Dehoff. Join me for the ride. Well, welcome to another episode of the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. I am so excited because... Our guest today is just a real savage, I think is how I would describe her, like a total savage. Uh, And she was one of the Fancy Lady Cowgirl event special guests. And I have to tell you, Kelly, the event I loved was amazing. My only regret about the event is there were so many people that I wanted to just like sit down and spend an hour with, just like chatting and getting to know everyone better. And you were one of those people. And so you were the very first person I was like, I got to get her on a podcast. This is going to be great. So Kelly of Western Workouts uh, is joining us, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, uh, writer, fitness. You do like all the things. I, If I were you, I would just change my title to badass, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you are far too kind. I, uh, I, I love doing all the things. I feel like there are just so many missing links in the Western industry when it comes to fitness because while there are plenty of talented personal trainers or nutritionists or even performance specialists, if you don't understand the lifestyle and the demands and the busyness, sorry, I have a bulldog trying to uh, rush me. Um, I think it's really hard to create a, uh, a truly sustainable program. So I kind of, I was actually training reining horses. I was an assistant trainer at Schwarzenberger Equine and I was eight months pregnant with my second son. So that was a sight in itself. Um, and I was like, man, I'm going to probably have to do something different once he's born, at least for a period of time. And, and fitness and nutrition had always been a part of my life. And I was like, you know what? There is no one really specifically digging deep into this in the Western industry, whether you're ranching and just isolated from town or you're ranching and very busy or you're you know, riding and showing performance horses and traveling a lot. And the demands of that lifestyle, you know, they're physical to begin with, but we often strain and not strengthen. And I was like, I can feel this. Like then it it was totally selfish on my part, to be quite honest, because now I get to see people succeed. And for my clients that ride, um, I, I get to see their horses succeed even more. So yeah, totally selfish on my part, but I love it. Oh gosh. You know, it's so interesting. I, so when I was at Oklahoma state, I needed like one of the, I just needed hours to stay eligible for the rodeo team. Cause I was like done with my major. Essentially. I took a weightlifting class at Oklahoma state. It was the very first, I'd never like I rodeoed, so I didn't play volleyball or any of the things. So I had never done any weightlifting. It was Kelly. It was me and um, a class. It was all football players because oh. it was an easy, like an easy pass for them. Right? <laughs> so it's me and the Oklahoma State football team. But it was so interesting because I did this class for a semester, and I had a really good barrel horse that I really just was having a hard time getting with. He was really, really, really hard to ride. Uh, yeah. Super talented horse, but just hard to ride. And so I was going to a cutting horse trainer who was helping me sort of learn to ride this horse. And he started to, he goes, God, you're just riding different. You're riding better. And I said, yeah, I feel a little more confident. It must be you. And he's like, no, 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 something has changed. It was that weightlifting class. Kelly. Yes. It was like, yes. <sighs> yes. Yes. It is incredible. And, and I think, you know, we, we all, and I've been there, we get stuck in the, well, riding is physical or all of these chores are really physical. That's all the work I need for today. 
but you don't get better doing the same stuff over and over. You have to bring in um, different movement patterns, different uh, ways to put that stress on your body to actually get stronger because we kind of, that muscle memory kicks in. And I tell everyone, it's not that you're not already a good rider, but it's becoming a better rider because you give, you know, you give a damn about yourself and your horse and your horse's progress. And, and I really love the, um, you know, you don't have to be a gym rat. I like being a gym rat, but it's not a requirement. A lot of people don't even have the option. You know, they, they live four hours from the closest town. Uh, but it's taking like 20, 30 minutes for yourself, even just a few days a week. When you really focus on balancing your balances and strengthening your weaknesses and, and balancing your strengths with your weaknesses, your horses feel it. That, like that story is it. That is it because it's visible. You can see. Um, I had a, a similar story when I was, uh, I had worked for Schwarzenberger's for quite some time. And then, uh, gosh, it wasn't maybe a couple of years ago, a year ago only. Um, they needed some extra help for a week. And so I said, you know, that'd be, that'd be great just to go back down. And uh, I was riding around with Steve and he's like, who, who have you been riding with? And I thought, I kind of thought initially he was just being sarcastic and giving me a hard time. Like I was rusty. And I was like, oh, I know, I know I'm rusty. And, he, and he's like, no, no, no. Who, who have you been riding with since, since you've been here last? And I was like, I haven't. I, you know, I, my filly wasn't old enough to get started. I was just dinking around on her mountain horses um, and, and working on my own program for myself and uh, and he's like no I you're visibly riding a lot more aggressively and confidently and um, and he's like I can I can see it and I was like well hot damn you know I just proved to myself that what I'm doing matters and me included you know I'm no exception and uh, it was just kind of that nice reassurance like yep stick with it because when I first started I was like how is this ever going to gain traction mm -hmm. it's so mm -hmm. hard to tell a busy person to do more <laughs> And, uh, and I really thought, man, this is, this is going to be a tough sell. It's going to be hard to not just tell, but show people why it matters. And then, then I just hit a point where I was like, well, you don't know if you don't try. So giddy up. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And I think there, I think Kelly, and I want to know your thoughts. I, I feel like there's been a transition, at least in like elite level yeah. Western sports. You know, we talk about it a lot uh, in the PBR, you know, the PBR yeah. used to be, and, 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 and I'm not making this up. You know, everybody will, will say this. Um, you know, the PBR used to be cowboys drinking beer and smoking cigarettes, AKA JB Mooney in the locker. Right. <laughs> and, and, and now there's really been this transition of like, you know, these guys yeah. are eating healthy there. You, I follow all the bull riders, you know, they're training, you know, seven days a week. And then they're riding bulls every weekend. They're getting up and going to the gym before the bull ridings. So yeah. are you seeing that people are starting to really, is there, is there starting to be a shift in the Western community as a whole? I, I would a hundred percent say yes. Well, you know, for example, you know, like growing up ranching again, everything is, is physically demanding and you can do the job, but it doesn't mean that you feel better at the end of the day because you did all this physical work. A lot of times there's achy shoulders shoulders and low back pain and knee pain and hip issues. And I really think there's been this giant shift in, um, especially for your higher level elite riders, whether that is rodeo and it's rough stock or it's your cow horse riders and competitors, rainers, cutters, uh, barrel riders. You, you, I really think there's this whole mind shift of like the better I am, the better I perform. The stronger I am, the better I perform. And then even in the day-to-day -day ranching life, I do believe um, a shift is starting there mm -hmm. with the, I want to feel good. I don't want to just get the job done because I can and then lie in bed covered in aches and pains mm -hmm. and have 
poor sleep. And so I, I really do think that the shift, the shift has started. And I, I feel like in those kind of more elite um, performance worlds, whatever that may be, the shift is already well on its way. And it is so exciting to see because, again, seeing someone succeed because they feel better about themselves. And, uh, you know, I said it at the event, a strong body creates a strong mind. And self-belief really stems from proving to yourself you can do difficult things sometimes. And something as simple as putting yourself through a workout that you were like, oh, man, how's this going to go? Or, for example, you in that weight room, you know, how's this going to go? But when you, you finish it and you get done and you're like, I did that and I'm alive and I'm fine. Right. That self-belief, it really transfers to your mind. And I think especially with competitors, that is huge. I write for the National Reining Horse Association Rainer magazine. So every other month I have an article there touching on a topic of whether it's nutrition on the road or improving your stops through your own body control. The opposing months is a sports psychologist. And I think that's becoming more prominent, especially at these higher levels. You know, there was a time when it was just cowboys going out there and doing their thing, but the money's getting bigger and the pressure's getting bigger. And so I think people are following suit with, if I'm going to take it serious, then I need to take me serious. Mm, I love that. that. That's so, so true. And I know um, even, I just feel, I get very anxious um, when, well, full disclosure, leading up to the event, the week after the event, I was home for a day. I went to Montana. I hadn't been in the gym in like two weeks. And I literally, I got up yesterday morning and I was like, I am so anxious. What's going, I hadn't been in the gym. And, um, so, you know, went did my little hit class or whatever, but I think, um, yeah, I think the mental aspect of it for me is almost bigger than obviously I want a hot bod. Like I want to look like you. Um, but really I have, you know, I really have to do it for the, for the mental side of it. Uh, Kelly, I just, I would be remiss not to tell all of the listeners that you taught us to pick up a nail with our butt cheeks at the (laughs) cowgirl event. Um, I just, I love that. I, I wish that the next time you're going to have a longer segment, we need to get more in depth into this. We did squats. Uh, and yep. you know what I loved, nobody hesitated. There were no, every single one. I yeah. saw some of those heels and mind you, I'm the polar opposite of like the fancy end where I put heels on. And if I know I'm going somewhere where I have to wear them, like I practice for days. <laughs> I don't wear them often enough where I'm like, I'm going to baby calf this and I'm going to break an ankle. Um, and those women, they hopped right out of their seats, like the badass ladies they are. And they went to work. It was, it made my day. Like that moment, everyone just jumped up and I was like, oh, these are oh, my people. Man, I love they, it. they did. They were like, no hesitation. <laughs> they went all in. They were squatting. I was impressed. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. So we just like jumped right into it. I want to go, I want to go back a little bit. I want to hear more about your fitness journey. Um, have you always been like a six pack, 12 pack rocking badass or like, what was your journey like? Cause I think people love to hear that. Uh, And I'm I'm getting used to this part of it because in my head, I'm like, it's not about me. It's about you. But if people don't know who you are, then it's hard to, you know, tell that story, girl. Gotta tell the story. I'm I'm learning. I'm never, I'm never too far along to to not learn. Um, So I, I've ridden since I was a knee high. Um, I showed pleasure horses and then into jumpers. Um, I all around horses for a while. I worked for a stock contractor when I first moved to Colorado, um, that's where I learned how to rope and then got into rainers and cow horses. And I've, horses have always been my passion. 
And athleticism, I guess is a good way of putting it, has always been my passion. I was a gymnast through most of my childhood, um, three-sport athlete, and was really blessed to have a dad who put a lot of uh, value on nutrition and making sure I was fed well. Uh, same for my sister, obviously. And, and it just kind of was always naturally a part of my life. Um, and I never thought much of combining the two. It was just, you know, I, I was the weird horse girl here and then athlete here. And, uh, and again, it was when I kind of had progressed in my horsemanship and was an assistant trainer that I was like, Ooh, these, these two do go hand in hand. Like they, they really matter. And, and fitness has always been like you were saying earlier, the mental end. It's always been a really great stress relief for me, whether I'm happy, sad, frustrated, angry, anxious is a great word to use. That has always been, I should say both, you know, horses and fitness have always been my go-to for that stress relief and that kind of release. <sighs> okay, I got this. I'm here. And uh, I, I rode for a guy for a long time. He's the, the guy that I, I rode all the all-around horses and jumpers for who really pushed me hard in terms of my horsemanship and challenged me. And I think that's where that drive for more really came from in the horse world instead of just enjoying the ride, which I do. And I've had to reteach myself sometimes, hey, just hop on and go. But uh, he really, really pushed me hard. And that's where the, the fitness end in horses really stemmed. So I was like 13, 14 years old there. And then that, that kind of created a whole nother like, well, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it wasn't until I was older where I realized the power of, of that. What else can I do? I did this and I'm sore and it hurts and I had doubts, but I did it. And fitness I think is so powerful, uh, especially for the mental end of our lives. I mean, yes, everyone wants the rock and bod, of course, but the beauty in that is a body response to resistance mm -hmm. that will come. If you can create the routine and you can find your why in fitness and in moving your body, that mindset transformation. Because once, once that starts, every, it pours into everything else in your life. And when you get to watch someone believe in themselves genuinely and be like, yeah, I can do this. It is so cool to see what they do physically. Mm -hmm. so, so fitness has always played a really big role in my life. Fitness and horses have always been my go-to. You know, they've been my, my stress relief, my, you know, you're young and the number of times I've got dumped for being the word horse girl as, as a young girl, uh, it's probably more than I can count. <laughs> that was my, that was my place to go and mm -hmm. be fine and be okay. And I think that in a world where we're always plugged in, it's easy to forget how powerful and simple that can be. Yeah. And I would be remiss. I'm trying not to laugh. I would be remiss not to point out that it also helps, uh, your, it helps you sleep. I hear somebody sawing logs under you. Is the bulldog taking That's a nap? The bulldog. <laughs> and I've kicked her away from me three times. She refuses. They, they see a camera, whether it's my phone or the computer. The fact that the hound dog hasn't like jumped up to, to get her screen time is actually oh, quite smart. I was like very focused on what you were saying. And I was like, is my phone is that noise? What is, that? what is it? Oh, and I was like, it is yeah. that's somebody snoring. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So, yeah. you know, I have my notes down. You know, we've talked about the mental. We've talked a little bit about the training. I think, well, I think the training's part of my issue as well. But nutrition is one of yes. my biggest challenges. And here's what, and I've sort of expressed this to you. So I hired a coach mm -hmm. who helped me count macros and, and told, and you know, like I went to the gym and whatever. And I told you, I was really honest. I said, look, it was 
it worked, I guess. It was not sustainable. I, yeah. I became a full-time meal prep sh- yeah. chef, which I didn't have, I just don't have time to do. No. And I got to the point, Kelly, where like, I was trying, and it's the protein one that gets me. I was hitting that protein. I was literally force feeding myself at, yeah. at, at, at some point. So let's talk a little bit about the nutrition, because I think what really sets you apart, just in the few conversations that we've had, you're not creating programs to build bodybuilders that's like unsustainable, right? Like I think I sort of got the impression I was being turned into a bodybuilder. I just wanted to like shed some fat and like get lean and right. stress me out. So I quit. And I think that again, that that's where the disconnect between the fitness industry and um, your everyday person, Western industry or not, has been missing is we, we, not everyone wants to be a bodybuilder. And I, I have a coach, he's a professional drug-free bodybuilder, but he's also been a lifelong friend. So he is someone I can talk to and you know he's come to visit my husband and I and he's seen a day in the life. And so I'm really grateful for his uh, level of education and knowledge and give a damn. And mm-hmm. that's what I need to offer. I, I know it needs to be offered to these people. There's so many 30-day programs, 60-day programs, buy my supplement and do this. And oh. it, <laughs> I can't tell you how many supplements I got. I'll never I, don't, I don't even know what, to be real honest, I don't even know what a BCAA does, but I bought them because they told me to right. buy them. Right. And if you eat enough protein from real food, you don't need those, but no one will tell you that because they want you to buy them. Um, and that's where I am, something I'm very proud of in what I do is the blatant honesty. I'm not gonna blow smoke your way. I, if I don't have an answer, I will find the answer from a reliable resource. Um, but I, I don't want there to be all this extra stuff you have to do and what are your goals? Who are you? Tell me about you and what you have going on. And that customization I think is so precious because no, no two fitness journeys are the same. No two lifestyle is the same. So I want to know about each client I have. And then, yes, we count macros. And some of my clients wind up with me for years on end and counting and tracking forever. And I, I do require days of no tracking. Like, it's your birthday. Do not ruin your day tracking your food. Oh, it's Christmas. Please go make memories with your family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that balance is also missing from a lot of coaching standpoints. We're real humans. Now, if you want to be a bodybuilder, that's awesome. And there are plenty of great coaches for it. But you can still be successful without that. And and that's where I'm really happy in creating this. I'm not your mama. I don't want to tell you what to eat. I don't want to tell you what foods are acceptable and unacceptable. You're an adult. I want you to eat the foods you like. And actually, it's, it's funny. I kind of have like a post waiting to, to share about if you don't like the foods you're eating, it is only a matter of time before you're going to quit. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see people quit. I want to educate when it comes to food and nutrition and fueling your body for your goals. And I have some people that hit a maintenance point and they're very happy there. And they're confident in going forward because I've gotten to educate them and share knowledge and given them the know-how and the confidence and decision-making to go and maintain. Some people like to to keep me around for the accountability. There's no right or wrong. And that's where nutrition gets so fuzzy. People overcomplicate it or undercomplicate it or one size fits it all. And that's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I have to know about you and let's create a plan of action for you. And uh, I wish, I wish in the fitness and health industry, 
I'm probably gonna take flack for this and I don't care. I wish more people cared. No, I do care. You care. Well, if you care, you'd go get even a a further education so you can help your clients more. It's someone's health and wellness and it's someone's mental health of success or failure. You know, if someone's putting the work in, but as in your instance, you're putting the work in, you're making it happen and yeah, you had success. But if you can't keep doing that and it requires, you have to have a coach or you have to have supplements or you have to do this, then what? What have you learned? You haven't gotten to see what works, what doesn't work for you. You haven't gotten to really evolve and grow. So when you stop, you stop and you're right back where you started. And that then creates the, the negative relationship with food. Well, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't do this, I can't ever be successful. And that's so untrue. And I think the health and wellness industry has kind of gotten a little off track because we have all of these supplement sales and quote unquote coaches and I'm not knocking all of them. I know there are people who care, but it's kind of dumbed down the reality of coaching and what that means and what you should be able to provide. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, for me, it's, I want, I want you to leave coaching with me whenever that may be confident in decision-making and educated and in what foods that you enjoy really fit well and what foods maybe you have to portion a little differently And so you have control of your life because that's what matters in the long run is having that control and that knowledge and that confidence where you can say, well, you know, I'm going to go out to eat tonight and uh, I'm going to see what I can make fit. And if you can't make it fit and it is worth having fun, eating the damn food and making the memories, do so. But now you have the knowledge to say, okay, so my progress this week might look a little different because I went and did that and it was worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no negative connotation. A lot of this, this coaching is based off of guilt and shame. And where I, I guess I tell all of my clients, no, no, no. If you have a day where you totally are off the charts, whether you're over your food, under your food, you didn't hit anything, you, you hit your protein, but not this. We don't feel bad about it. We learn. Okay, this is what I did today and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. How can I change it moving forward? What can I do tomorrow to get a little bit closer here or a little bit closer here? Because knowledge is power. And that's, I think what we're missing is, is that support in learning. Yeah. I think the knowledge, I think that's a huge, uh, that was a huge factor for me. Um, you know, my experience, I would even ask questions about like, how am I going to do this on my own eventually? How am I going to maintain these macro, like, you know, she was giving me the numbers and I didn't know what, you know, I knew how to hit them. I've got the little, my fitness pal, like, she, I, I wasn't getting those answers. And I thought, okay, yeah. like I cannot afford financially to have a coach for the rest of my life. And right. I think that's where, um, coaches sometimes go wrong because people yeah. like me, I'm like, well, if you're not invested in like teaching me, I'm yeah. going to just be fire you now because I know I can't afford to pay you for six years. Right. And that's, that is so true. It's the, the kind of the, all these industries, whether it's supplements and coaching, it's they, they, they tend to, their success is based off of your failure because you'll come back because you'll come back. And I hate that because I truly believe if you care about what you do, you're invested in yourself as a coach and your clients, which should be your biggest priority. If you're invested in them and you can teach them, I don't care how many of them get so many months or a year long or whatever it looks like to them and say, Hey, I'm good now. They are going to sing your praises to everyone else. They know that needs help. If you, if you do the job and you do it well and you do it with integrity, 
everything else will follow. Instead of these, this mindset these days, I don't know if it's society. I don't know. I don't know where this weird swap is coming from, but you, your success does not come from other people's failures. Like that's, that's almost like manipulative really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's scary to think about because there's a lot of people who don't know and they think that's their only option. And, and I'm here to tell them like, it is not your only option. There are coaches that care. There are coaches that will teach and educate and because again so you get to that point where you're like hey i don't need this coach anymore i've got it that coach should be proud as ever Mm -hmm. and again they're worried about their income well that person is going to send more people their way it's going to happen so it's it's this beautiful full circle um that i I don't think enough people either they don't care or they don't know how to capitalize on it or they don't I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you right now, it is the most rewarding thing ever is when, you know, you hear from someone a year down the road and they're telling you how good they're doing and how great they still feel because they are confident in making those decisions on their own. Oh, absolutely. What do you, I'm curious, um, the Western community, what, what is the biggest difference, uh, in working with like those of us in the Western sort of space as opposed, and, and maybe, you know, I, maybe you don't do a lot of work with people outside the Western communities, but I'm just curious, like, is there something about the Western? Do they work harder? Are they less, do yeah. they argue more? I'm like, Ooh, tell me everything. What's it you like? You know what I love about working with people in the Western community is I love the lack of fear of food. Mm. Cause you have to think of non ag people. They hear that like organic only all natural only, this kind of beef, beef is not sustainable. This isn't good. That's not good. And, and so that has been something I really love working with the Western community is they're already well aware that like food is, food is not your enemy. It is not here to ruin you. Um, and a lot of my clients without that background, you know, they only know what they hear or what the media shares. And so I do take a lot of enjoyment in helping share that, the, the, the message you know, of the sustainability of ag and the importance of it. And uh, I've even had, you know, I do have some clients that are strict vegans and veg- vegetarians and that's, that's fine. That's personal mm-hmm. choices, but I've loved, I, I had two clients, strict vegans that were pretty anti-hunting um, and, and made some interesting comments along the way. And I finally had to, you know, bring up like, I don't, I don't, say things to you like, I wish you accident. I hope you accidentally eat meat today. You know, I, I went elk hunting and they're like, well, I hope the elk wins. And I was like, you have to understand we're providing, like my husband and I are providing a really amazing source of protein for our children. Mm-hmm. And we work really hard all year round on being really good, capable hunters and putting all this time and effort in. So it's, it's actually kind of condescending. Like you saying that to me, that would be like me saying to you, I hope you accidentally eat meat today, you know? And so I sat them down and we kind of talked about the sustainability of that. And the work and the effort. And it's not just a bunch of, you know, rednecks like shooting guns in the air. And, uh, and they really came around to it. So I love having, I love working with non-ag community and being able to share that message. But I love working with my Western community because they are gritty. They have work ethic, like nobody's business. And they have that kind of general knowledge and lack of fear of food. They're willing to make whatever, you know, in their life they eat fit and, and they don't worry about, you know, sometimes we overcomplicate things. You know, I, I had a, a person asking me about putting fruit in her water and well, should I be buying organic because of pesticides and this? And I was like, Oh my goodness, that's not something that we need, need to even have on our radar right now. 
when people are trying to lose weight, especially just body fat loss, there are so many other steps we have to focus on first before we start worrying about all the things you hear about, but don't really understand. Yeah. Mm, That's so good. Working with the Western community is so much fun. And, And to be quite honest, you know, that gritty and that work ethic, again, like my shameless, you know, horse person persona, I get to hear about other horses. I get, you know, riding assessment videos. Hey, send me a video of you walk, dog, lope, a few of these things. Now, six months from now, let's let's watch it again. And, and then I get to kind of be a part of that world, even from afar, you know, seeing the improvement in them and their horse. And I'm, and I'm just that person. Like, I, I enjoy that interaction and that, that deeper connection. Um, I, I just think we both win a lot more that way. And, and people in the Western industry are so willing to talk to you about anything. You learn about their family and their kids and, and where they came from and their animals. And it's a gift. I interrupt this episode really quick. I have to go grab a cup of coffee, but not just any coffee. Oh, no. Here on the Cowgirl Problems podcast, the fancy lady cowgirl only drinks, wait for it, cowgirl coffee from my great friends over at Cattleman's Coffee. It is so tasty, y'all. Seriously, I always start my morning with a cup, and then I have one mid-morning, and then I have another in the afternoon. Dare I say it, it is bucking delicious, so be sure to check out Cattleman's Coffee so you can wrangle in your morning. I fell in love with you because we met during, not during the NFR. When did we, where were we? American. The The American. American. Yes. Yeah. So I knew, I knew Kelly was coming to the event. So I, I came and stalked you and it was so funny because I was with my bull mom, Katie, who was at the event and we walked out the door and you hugged both of us and yes. Katie looked at me and I looked at Katie and I said, we like her. You gave the hardest, like, <laughs> hug. I lo- like the people that give you like those little, mm, I hate that worse after the hug. And you're like, Oh, why? Oh, you didn't. Yes. I feel awkward. I'm like, Ooh, I don't think that person wanted to hug me. Not you, man. You came in like for the kill. And I was like, yes, I love her, but you can just tell that you're so passionate about it. And that's what I love. And I want to talk about before I let you go, another thing that I have sort of seen in your social media, but that I don't know much about that. I can tell you're very passionate about the military and our veterans and anybody who is passionate about our military and our veterans. I'm like, (laughs) yep. I'm with them. I don't even know what they're doing, but I support them. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about a, a little bit about that. I don't know if you have a connection or, or what the story so, is. This is, I guess, this is, bear, bear with me here. Um, so years ago, I think it was 2017. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. 2017, um, through Facebook, I think, three different people had nominated me to do the 22 push-ups for 22 days because 22 veterans take their life each day. And my husband and I have some really close friends who served multiple tours. Um, Some came back, I guess, for, I hate saying like unscathed because I don't know if that's ever really the case. Uh, And some really struggled. And uh, it was in doing those push-ups, like literally, I think it was on day 10, that I just broke down and I started crying. And I promise you I will not cry now. Um, But I was like, this this could be any one of them. Like I could be doing these push-ups for any one of those people we know, much less people we don't know, you know. Um, we're, we live just north of a, a really small community in Northern Colorado and it's a really tight knit community and it's a bigger veteran community than people realize. And it just, it all kind of like came crashing down and hit me like, God, this is so serious. And this is such a thing. And in our military members, you know, they signed the line that we didn't sign and, and to serve us. I mean, I'm civilian, my husband's civilian. We've had, you know, parents and grandparents in the military, but mostly it's those close friends. And, and I, I just felt there's, there's such a again, a gap between like military and civilians. And I understand why some of that has to be, 
but also, you know, they went and served us for our freedoms and our, our ability to sleep soundly at night. When they come home, how are we not serving them more? Like, how are we not helping this? So I was talking to my husband and I, who is like the greatest man on earth. He, he's put up with me since high school or high school sweethearts. I always have an idea. I always have the next thing. And he is like, yep, you got to do it. So getting into that, I was like, I'm going to do push 22 pushups a day for a year. And at the end of the year, I'm going to do something. I don't know what. Um, and I wound up putting a fundraiser on in our small town where I agreed to run 22 miles and do 22 pushups at each mile. Mind you, I am on my very best day, a mediocre runner, but that was kind of my thought. Like you can't do something you're good at. You can't do something that's easy. Mm-hmm. In that first year, six other people, my insane husband included, joined me and ran all 22 miles and did all 22 pushups at each mile. And then people would come in throughout the day at the gym and, and add a mile here or there, whatever it may be. But my goal was to bring our community together and the awareness to this community. And all the money raised went to a veteran-owned and operated nonprofit that helps other vet- vet- veterans that are struggling. Um, and then through that, somehow a, another nonprofit or a foundation um, kind of got wind and they were going to walk across the country from San Diego to Washington, D.C., 22 miles a day to again, raise money for wounded veterans, help them. Uh, we bought a service dog, helped remodel a home, um, helped update a assisted living center for veterans, things like that. And, uh, and so it was four combat vets and myself. Uh, and my, I guess my goal was to kind of bring, bring in more of the, the civilian, maybe female demographic. Uh, and I don't know anyone else's husband in the world who says, you have to go, you have to go do this. You can go make a difference. Um, and just, you know, bravely sent me off with four perfect strangers to go walk across the country. Um, he, he, I mean, he held down the home fort. He was, he is a horseshoer and he was still outfitting at the time. Um, and, and, you know, I flew back and forth as I needed to, but, uh, I don't know anyone more supportive than that. Just said like, go, you got to do it from there. Uh, one of our very close, I became, you know, best friends with, with one of the, the guys on the rock and he is, I mean, he's our family now. He's a part of our family and uh, really encouraged me to keep up with the fundraisers each year. And I don't know how to put on a good fundraiser. I don't, again, I don't know what I'm doing, but this amazing community comes together each year and helps me and they offer what they can to make it run smooth. And last year um, I got there at seven in the morning to kind of set up and then start because I, you know, there's only so many treadmills and, and this year I was like, walk, run, bike, stair mill, I don't care elliptical, just let's come together. I got there and every machine was full. People had gotten there before me to start their miles. We kind of are in this world of entitlement and first world problems and wah, 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 me, me, me. And I can't imagine how that feels for people who've served mm-hmm. to come back and just be like, this is what I fought for, huh? Yeah. For all of us. Bunch of really ungrateful about people. everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it, it just, I don't know what that feels like, but I can't imagine. And yeah. so it's my goal each year to bring at least our community together and, and show our veterans like, hey, there are people who really care and they're grateful. And you know what I've learned from it is that so many people want to do something, they just don't know what. Mm-hmm. I happen to be stubborn and dumb enough to just keep going. <laughs> um, but I've learned that people just need a catalyst. They, mm-hmm. they just need someone to say, hey, you could do this. Hey, how about you join this? Hey, give this a shot. It's Every year I wind up in tears and it, it never ceases to amaze me how many people show up once they've realized, you know, what's going on to support our veterans. And, uh, 
I, I just feel really, really strongly about giving back where you can, especially to the, the, the military community, because man, they, they signed a line we didn't. And they, they put themselves in a position again, like I know why my family sleeps, sleeps soundly at night. I know why I am, am given, you know, the life I've, I have like, yeah, I've worked for a lot of it, but it, it might not have even been an option. Mm, yeah. Should we not have had those people overseas fighting our, a battle for us? Oh yeah. So, so true. Yeah. I, I just, I don't always know what I'm doing, but I do know that if I do nothing, nothing changes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Gosh, I love that. And that just makes me love you even more. And it's just, <laughs> it's so thought provoking. Like, yeah, you know, we, they just, we forget about them until we need them. Right. And then we're right. like, Oh, where's, where's, you know, where's the military. And I think this last year and maybe the years right. that are about to come, um, you know, we might uh, appreciate our military a whole lot more, but you know, you, you sort of mentioned <laughs> you didn't know what you're doing. I hosted an advanced lady cowgirl event. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I just want to know, this is just self-serving. What did you think? Do you have any, any critiques, anything you need to tell me? I'll edit this out if it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It was wonderful. The energy of that room, the energy that you and Sarah, um, I mean, separately, much less getting to see you two together, like good God, the energy and the, the passion and the drive and the purpose, um, you changed a lot of lives that day. And I hope these people are telling you guys this. I was over, I was able to overhear conversations. I actually had a handful of my clients attend, which was even more amazing. Cause I got to hug them in person. Thanks to you. Um, and the feedback from them, like you, you brought together this, this crowd of people who needed to hear that it's okay not to know what you're doing, but do it, do something, start. Mm-hmm. You can adapt and fine tune and adjust as you go. And as silly as it might sound, it's not silly at all. Sometimes people need that validation. Like, no, here, this is, this is me telling you, you, you can go do this. Mm-hmm. And I think you provided that on, on more levels than you maybe even realized or had intended. So I am really grateful for, you know, just the invitation to be a part of that day and speak a little bit. Um, that, that was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Gosh. I'm, I'm not fluffing your ego. That's I didn't even... Hard. I didn't even pay her to say this, everybody. I did not pay her to say this. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, Kelly, I feel like I could, we could talk for hours. Um, This has been awesome. And I think you're just bringing such a fresh and much needed perspective on just, just overall strength and the mental strength. It all ties together. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes together. And I think um, that's just, this is what I love about you. And you know, you can tell you're, you're passionate about it and you understand cowgirls. And, you know, you said this very early on in the podcast, you know, you mentioned, you're like, no, I'm not the fancy, whatever. Uh, The fancy lady cowgirl, you know, it's not about being fancy or being ranchy, but you said, you know, I brought my horse world and my fitness world, two worlds that didn't necessarily go together, together. And that is fancy lady cowgirl. And so that's why I'm just so excited. So thrilled to have you part of this. Oh, thank um, you so much community. for having me. Yes, and I will share um, your Western workouts, your handle, your website, all the things, so that people, um, if they want to, you know, reach out. Are people can they reach out to you if they have like questions? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like pick your brain uh, as soon as we get done. <laughs> but how do people like if they're a little on the fence or maybe they don't quite understand it or they don't know if they have the the financial ability? Right. But can they still reach out to you or like what Absolutely. do you suggest? I I am a big proponent of if you don't share your knowledge for free to some extent, you're not doing it right. 
Like if, if that's such a big fear, you're not doing it right. So um, at the bottom of my website's page, and, and my website is definitely a work in progress, so bear with that. Um, you can put your email in and it'll come to me and I can just send you the, um, the once over on what the coaching entails, whether you want nutrition coaching, a customized workout plan, a combination. Um, I help people create non-negotiables because rarely do we put ourselves in that list and that's a pretty big thing. Um, but I, I encourage everyone, shoot me an email directly to kelly at westernworkouts.com. Send me a, a DM you name it, get a hold of me. Even if you just have a little question, like, hey, what do you think about this? I'm here for all of it because, yeah, sometimes it's it's not, you know, in the budget. Sometimes you're not ready. And mm -hmm. I actually had that talk with a client this morning. It is okay not to be ready. It is okay to want to be ready and not quite be there yet. Because if you force yourself to be and you struggle, you know, check the boxes and get the stuff done, you're going to feel worse. Mm. So reach out you know, ask questions. I'm always here. I'm not going anywhere. You can't get rid of me if you try. Uh, so ask the questions. And even if you're not ready for full on coaching, I'm still here as a support system for people because I think that that really helps kind of create that relationship to begin with. And maybe down the road, you know, when you are ready or, or however that looks, you know, you already feel confident and comfortable because it, it really, it's not about me. It's about each person. Mm, I love that. It's okay if you're not ready. And I think that applies to just life in general. It's okay <laughs> if you're not ready. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining the oh, thank you. podcast. This was awesome. Oh, I appreciate you so much.